This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Increasing clouds today, high near 44. Tonight, cloudy, chance of rain, lower on 37. Thursday, mostly cloudy, rain with a high near 59. Tuesday, Election Day results, all unofficial. New York State 6th Judicial District. It was Republican Cheryl Insigna over Deidre Hay. For Broome County District Attorney F. Paul Battisti, a Republican, defeated Matthew Ryan, a Democrat. For Binghamton City Court Judge, it was Democrat Deborah Gelson holding a slim lead over Republican Sophie Bergman. For the Town of Vestal Supervisor, Maria Sexton, a Democrat, defeated Republican Theodore Wolf and conservative John Schaefer. Village of Endicott Mayor, Republican Nicholas Burlingame over Democrat Larry Coppola and Endicotter Linda Jackson. For the statewide ballot propositions, abstract proposal number one, an amendment, removal of small city school districts from special constitution debt limit passed in Broome County and New York State as well. And the form of submission of proposal number two, an amendment extending sewage project debt exclusion from debt limit, voted yes in Broome County as well as New York State. A statement from Broome Republican Chairman Benji Fetterman on election results last night was quoted. It was a great night for Broome Republicans and a decisive, decisive victory. Paul Battisti will be our new Republican District Attorney. Republican Cheryl Insigna was elected to serve on the New York State Supreme Court 6th Judicial District. Republicans now have control, total control in the village of Endicott, electing new Republican Mayor Nick Burlingame alongside trustees Ted Warner and Tim Wright. The Republicans retain strongholds in Johnson City and Port Dickinson and re-elected Republican town justices and local officials across Broome County. On Tuesday, New York Governor Kathy Hochul announced that a project is now underway to transform the Greater Binghamton Airport into a modern state-of-the-art gateway. Of the $230 million upstate airport economic development and revitalization competition money earmarked for nine upstate New York airports, $32 million was awarded to the project to upgrade the Greater Binghamton Airport last September of 2022. Improvements planned include redevelopment of the airport road approach, construction of a new canopy and entry portals, reconfiguration of the ticketing lobby and outbound baggage area, renovation of the departures lobby and lounge, renovation of the baggage claim area and relocation of rental car counters, new parking revenue control systems, and construction of a new 6,400-square-foot customs and border protection facility. The total cost of the modernization project, which is expected to be completed by the winter of 2025, is $47.8 million. Governor Hochul notes that the project should create over 500 jobs. The main terminal has not been upgraded in Broome County for over two decades. Binghamton police were investigating a possible burglary at a downtown craft brewery that remains filled with equipment three years after it went out of business. Glass and two front door windows have been shattered at the former Galaxy Brewing Company building at 41 Court Street. 
Police officers were sent to the site just west of Washington Street on Tuesday afternoon. It was not immediately clear if someone had gained entry to the Galaxy Brewing site. While police were on the scene, an audible alarm could be heard. It was the same sound that's been emanating from the building for more than two years. WNBF News had reported on the beeping of the alarm in September of 2022, but no one took action to shut the system off. The Galaxy Brewing Company building and its beer-making equipment were listed for sale early this year. The asking price for the property and the production gear was $2 million. And salvage crews used a crane to remove nearly a dozen bells that had been a fixture in a tower at an Endicott church for more than a century. The bells at First United Methodist Church and McKinley Avenue recently were taken down one by one. Salvage crews were used a crane to remove nearly a dozen bells that had been a fixture in the tower at the Endicott Church. They were loaded onto a trailer, transported to an unknown destination. Those bells were donated to the church in 1920 by George F. Johnson's wife. The process was overseen by Church Services Group, a Luzerne County company that specializes in removing items of value from closed churches. The owner of the company said the bells, along with the beams and timbers associated with the chime system, were removed for reuse. He declined to say where they'll be used in the future because he had not received permission from the new owner. First United Methodist Church closed last February. The property at the corner of McKinley Avenue and Monroe Street had been listed for sale for $499,000. The site is under a contract, but representatives of United Methodists of Upper New York declined to identify the prospective buyer. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. Here's another I Love New York travel tip. Get ready for an exciting November in New York State. On November 18th, explore all the great beers from New York State's finest breweries at the 10th Annual New York State Craft Brewers Festival in Syracuse. You'll discover new styles, flavors, and brands as you meet the masters behind the craft and enjoy delicious eats. Enjoy a fun evening of dancing and camaraderie in Buffalo on November 25th at the world's largest disco. This amazing retro celebration features the largest dance floor in New York State, along with 500,000 watts of sound and lights. And if you enjoy hunting for treasures or prefer to gift unique works of art to loved ones at the holidays, the 45th Herkimer County Arts and Crafts Fair, one of the largest arts and crafts fairs in New York State, is taking place November 11th. For more information on these and other November events in New York State, visit iloveny.com. It's easy to love New York. Colorectal cancer screening saves lives, but only if people get tested. About 23 million adults have never been tested. Almost two out of three have a regular doctor and health insurance that would pay for the test. Doctors often recommend colonoscopy, but the fecal occult blood test and sigmoidoscopy also effectively find colorectal cancer early. When people can pick the test they prefer, they're more likely to actually get tested. If you're between the ages of 50 and 75, talk with your doctor about which test is best for you. Make sure you understand the steps you need to take to get tested. If you have a family history of colorectal cancer or polyps, 
or inflammatory bowel disease, ask your doctor if you should start screening before age 50. Through the Affordable Care Act, many people have access to health insurance that covers colorectal cancer screening tests at no cost. Remember, the best test is the test that gets done. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Joseph. This is Binghamton Now, Wednesday, November 8th, 2023, the day after the election. The results have been tabulated. Now, it's time to talk. What are your thoughts? We open up the phone lines for everyone to weigh in today. The election. Everybody wants to talk about the election. And now is your opportunity. 607-772-1290. If you want to participate, what does it all mean? I'd like to hear from you. You tell me what you think it means. Also, in addition to just the average listener, we uh, welcome any candidate, anybody who is on the ballot... In the Tuesday election, is welcome to call the program. Now, in fairness, I don't expect to hear from any candidates because typically the day after the elections, typically the candidates, regardless of the outcome, are just glad to get away from it all, turn off the radio, the TV. The newspaper, yes, turn off the newspaper, turn off the internet, and take a break. Which I don't blame candidates, no matter how things turned out. If you want to take a break for a day or the rest of the week, that's understandable, no matter how your campaign went. But if you do happen to be listening and you happen to have a few thoughts about the election results, we encourage you 
to call in. We also, oh, I'll extend the uh, invitation to all elected officials, too, even if you weren't on the ballot. So, say if you're a county executive or the mayor of some municipality or a town supervisor or a member of some board, town board, village board, city council, county legislature, hey, call in if you want. Don't feel compelled. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on the air on WNBF, Binghamton Now. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Paul from Vestal. Morning, Paul. Well, not so much at the exact people that got elected, but some of the stuff. Um, I kind of am astonished that they're going to put $47 million into our airport. And uh, I get flights every year to Portland, Oregon. And there's more than enough and modern enough uh, infrastructure there to, to, to deal with the only, at most, one to two flights a day that come out of that airport. And I think they, I think they got a, the cart before the horse because what you need is more uh, draw to the area. I don't know if they can amplify the, the university and maybe get more, uh, you know, actual jobs in here. That would be great. But uh, I, and the other, thing I don't, is, I don't see that there's any way you can do that. How, how can government get more jobs in here? Oh, like they're doing with Syracuse. They what do you mean, bribing companies to come? Your, yeah. That, so yeah. you're saying yeah. that, that millions, I don't know how, how many millions are being uh, spent to, I call it a bribe, but legally it's not a bribe, inducements, tax right. breaks and other other handouts right. to a company. Right. So you're saying use tax dollars to effectively, and, and pardon the my use of the word bribe, but they otherwise wouldn't consider New York State. So spend my hard-earned tax money to bring in profitable companies. That would, and, and, you know, influence and in the long term help the community. Yes, I think it would I, help me. Better how, than just tell me how it me. would help me. How it would help you? Maybe we wouldn't have to put that much money into the airport. The, the real estate around Syracuse is going through the roof where, the, where my house is uh, really lagging from the, the, the cost of, uh, of housing here is, is minimal compared to uh, places like Syracuse now. They're going to be, uh, their value is going to go up significantly. And, I mean, that's when, when I first came here in the 70s. IBM was going great. And this town, the whole county, was booming. I, I really do think that if they have to, if they're going to spend $47 million, do it in inducements to get better, better uh, uh, base, industrial base here. And the other thing, if you look at the airport, uh, I go to Portland every year. There's a $300 difference in just a one-way ticket from Portland, from Binghamton to Portland, Oregon, 
and from Elmira to Portland, Oregon. Well, do you think I'm going to drive to Elmira for 300 bucks? Actually, 600 for both way ticket. Of course you are, and that's that's they. There's a thing called a, I don't want to give away my profession, but it's called root cause analysis. What is the actual root cause for situations? And that's that's kind of where I'm trying to come from. All right. Well, I appreciate your observations, and see if um, other listeners have have thoughts as well about spending that amount of money on airport improvements at this time. One other thing, and I wish you would check this out because I I haven't checked it out yet. I just read about it in the Vestal Town Crier, which is our little newspaper, and I can't... Which I just picked up a copy of. Is it... Oh, good. Okay, tell me. Tell, ask, maybe you can read it. I, is it $300,000 for the engineer, town engineer, or the town engineering department? Because if it's three hundred grand for one engineer... Yeah, I'm looking at that chart, and based on the way the chart is set up, one would think that it's $374,246 for the engineer. I don't know. I It says well, it compares... This is a chart. It says Vestal voter information, salary, and benefits yep. by the numbers. And, yes, the the most astonishing number in that chart is the one at the bottom, the line that says engineer, $374,000 now compared to $185,000 in 2020. So that constitutes, it says, a 102% increase but I don't know if that's for the department or for the town engineer. Well, that might be a good question. Well, that's a great uh, question. Unless, because unless the, how, how, much, guy, how much does the President of the United States get paid now? I don't know. I don't even think, I don't know if he gets paid that much. Well, I mean, he does. I thought it was 400000 Yeah, I just looked yeah. it up. 400000 So this is according <laughs> to the U.S. Code. The President of the United States receives compensation in the aggregate amount of $400,000 a year. So if if that is true, and again, I don't know because the chart doesn't have any um, other explanations except just judging by the headings as salary and benefits by the numbers. So one could infer that that was the salary for a single person. But if true, that's that's a pretty good deal. I would think. Yeah. I would I, I would, would gladly work in any capacity for the town of Vestal for well under three hundred seventy four thousand dollars. <laughs> I would. I, I was just yeah, over there. I, I I was over at the um, Vestal Town Hall to uh take a couple pictures because I realized when I was doing a story about the oh hang on just a sec, hang on. Hi WNBF, good morning. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Bob Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's Karen. Well, Karen, ha- hang on. I didn't want to let you uh, think I was ignoring you. So coming, oh, coming up momentarily, that. we'll hear from okay. Karen Sweet O'Neill. <laughs> All right, back to you, Paul. So, yeah, I, I was over there. I will say everybody seemed happy with their compensation. Everybody I saw going into the Vestal Town Hall had broad smiles. So apparently, apparently they're... 
maybe satisfied with your compensation package. But yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I thought uh, he could be a NASA engineer for that. He much could money. be. <laughs> I mean, I think I think I know who he is. I've talked to him. I I, I think I um, last chatted with him. I believe over at the new um, ambulance headquarters, the Vestal Emergency Squad headquarters, and so, yeah, he was he was very helpful to me about that story. But as far as this chart, like I say, I just picked up this newspaper. I like it too, the Vestal Town Crier. Yeah, yeah. it does give you a lot of info. And thank you again, Bob, for taking my call. And thank you for calling. It's nine twenty-four. This is Bob Joseph performing. What I consider to be a public service on the radio. Coming up, Karen Sweet O'Neill, live with some useful information. That's what you get on WNBF. Providing you with the best solutions of your lifetime. The KSO Insurance Weekly Spotlight with Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio 1290 WNBF. The following live segment is sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Great. Good. Lots of news this morning with election results. Oh, it's amazing. The results are still coming in on the election tickers. Yeah, that is that is something. Jeez, I saw that one candidate that Phil Strawn won by one vote. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they're going to have a recount. You think? Well, they also, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, then they also have to count like the paper ballots or absentee ballots, so it could go either way. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sure on that, but yeah, I was very. Uh, I guess very surprised I, yeah. at that one vote difference. Well, it goes to see, show. Every vote counts. It does. It oh, does. I and, jumped and we the see gun. that. Uh, you were going to say that, weren't you? No, that's okay. It had to be said. <laughs> it had to be said. So oh, it's uh, it's incredible. It's exciting. I I love the elections. And you know what? Only 363 days till the next one. Yay. And people are already talking about that. I was listening to ABC News yesterday, and they spent more time talking about the 2024 presidential election on ABC Radio News than they were about the elections going on around the country. It seemed like they were disinterested in what what was happening now and more interested in what's going to happen in a year. Well, in many cases, it's a little more interesting, for sure, unless you're a candidate or... You're interested in your local levels, well, or in some cases your state, which of course you should be. But well, I, let's let's be clear, and you know this as well as anyone mm-hmm. else. So much can change over the next twelve months. Uh, and yeah, I even well. said, and don't take it the wrong way, but I said on Tuesday's program, the people who could be the major party candidates for president next year may not be anybody we're even talking about right now. So, you know, there there are some people who've jumped to a conclusion thinking they know who the two big candidates will be in November 2024. Uh, I personally beg to differ. I, I mean, I'm not predicting anything. I'm saying we don't know. Mm-hmm. Because I agree with that. Because anybody at any time, no, nobody is forced to run. What if somebody has a change of heart? 
well, or a right. change of house or, well, anything. or anything. Well, and that's another yeah. point, and that's a perfect segue into uh, talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the information and some of the guidance that you have. I mean, uh, especially at this time of year where people are making choices as far as health care coverage and so on, you also have to keep in mind everything might be fine on November 8th, 2023, but you also have to be properly covered for the next 12 months as we move into an uncertain era. That is true, very true. And we are talking, of course, about open enrollment, which is uh, for people that are on Medicare or going into Medicare October 15th to December 7th. And we've talked about this on numerous um, numerous weeks because it is so important. And why is it? Because the products don't necessarily change that much. Some do. But sometimes the premiums tra- change drastically. So, for instance, um, if you have a Medicare supplement plan, and they're also called Bob Medigaps, and they're supplements to original Medicare A and B. Well, we are seeing in January 1st, 2024, in some companies, 66% rate increases. Now, that's extreme, and it's very uncommon that they would get those rate increases um, approved, but they did. And the reason they did is because of the claims experience in certain zip codes and areas. So if you were paying around $250 a month for a plan this year, pay attention because in January, January 1st, it's going up to close to $405 a month. That's a very, very steep incline because it's a month. So you want to make sure that if you have another opportunity to purchase different coverage that may be as adequate or at least different and you can fit it into your budget, you need to do that now because with supplemental insurance in New York, you can go in and out of coverage, but you can't with your prescription drug. So this is all about the uh, different consultations that we do for people. Because there's rules and regulations and penalties and all of that that Medicare puts into place so that people do this in a certain manner and in the routine has to be followed. And if it's not followed, then you do get penalized. And usually the penalties are for the length of your life. So we try to avoid those at all costs, as most people do. We're seeing a lot of different um, prescription drug coverages. We're seeing... um, Plans that are taking prescriptions off their formularies, and that's a list of their medications. What does that do? Well, that puts you in a situation where if you're taking a very expensive brand name or specialty drug and they take it off the formulary and you keep the plan that you had this year because you said, ah, you know what, it worked for me this year, and they aren't covering it next year. I mean, we see some costs, and they're crazy, Bob. They're like 15000 25000 I mean, people cannot obviously pay that. So you need to step out of that plan and get into one that covers that medication. So those are all sorts of things that we do this time of year. And we bring people in, and we discuss what their options are, and we find out what they have. And certainly, if what you have is going to be just as uh, good as what you will have in January going forward in 2024, we encourage you to keep it. But you don't know. 
And it is very confusing. So that's why we're in business, and that's why we do what we do during this time of year. And, of course, we do it all year long. We are taking open enrollment appointments. We are booking into the first, I guess, the the week of Thanksgiving. So um, we've only got a couple, I guess, three weeks left, Bob. So you can reach us several ways for an appointment. You can simply give us a call at 607-772-4898. You also can Google us at KSO Insurance. All our contact information comes up, including our website, and you can contact us that way. And if you miss the phone number, you can Google KSO Insurance, and the phone numbers will come up or go to a phone book, and we have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages, and we are conveniently located up on the parkway, up around back of Plato's Closet and Style Encore. So we're central, and um, this way we can get you situated for 2024, and you won't have any surprises in uh, your health care and benefits and features of your coverage. Important information. As always, I appreciate your joining us, and we will talk again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Bob. Take care. And the previous segment was sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions. 937 News Radio 1290. News for you. Would you like to call? I think you should consider it. Have you ever called a talk show before? If not, why? Call. Have a conversation. Conversation is great. Enjoy a live local radio talk show being broadcast in living color. Let's be fair. Most cities in America don't have this. Binghamton is fortunate to have a live talk program every weekday morning. So take advantage of it. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph, and this is Binghamton Now. Forty-two WNBF. More calls, more often. Andy and Vestal, you're on the air. Hey, Bob. Hey, I just wanted to, you know, thank everyone who who went out and voted yesterday. Obviously, um, um, the Real Democracy for Vestal candidates won, and it's going to be a very. We look forward to a really positive uh, administration coming January first, and um, I know there's going to be a lot of. Um, Asking of constituents or if there's any ideas that they, that they're, that they've always been thinking about that they haven't been able, they have not been listened to. And now please, I, I know, I know that they're, they are all yours, you know, for sure. It was, and it was, this was my first time ever working on a campaign before I've never done in my life, but it was, it was well worth it. And I, 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 I true. And I've been a vessel resident for 40 years. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very, very excited, you know, for, I'm excited for the town, you know, for the, all the constituents in town. Um, I think they'll, they'll, I think they'll appreciate the change. Well, um, we'll, we'll so. see what happens. We'll look forward to, uh, 
keeping track and keeping people posted. I would certainly uh, expect going forward that we'll we'll be able to have some fairly regular uh, segments with the town supervisor. Absolutely, I know Maria will be will definitely be will definitely be on board uh, interview with you anytime. All right, let's uh, see what happens over the next several weeks. Hope you have a great day. You too. Thanks, Bob. 944 at WNBF. James in Binghamton, you're on the air. Hi, Bob. How are you? You know, a a lot of reasons I thought I might end up calling in today, and I didn't think for a second that the airport project would be be one of them. Uh, But uh, just a couple questions uh, it seemed like the previous caller had. I have a little bit of knowledge of the overall airport project uh, uh, through my professional work. And if you want to see what a really big, really expensive overhaul looks like, go research the Albany International Airport uh, upgrade that's about to start as well. And I guess the point is, yeah, if we want to have a sidebar discussion about what can you spend $47 million on, that's that's another thing altogether. But uh, this is kind of... And not only was it use it or lose it money, uh, Binghamton was in a class of airports that all put in bids for this money. So uh, I, you know, I don't know how well and how thorough or how vetted the, I can't vouch for the uh, actual internal workings of the application process. But this isn't like, oh, there's $47 million lying around. Let's go put it in this airport uh, with a flight a day, two flights a day. Hey, that's more than there were before. Uh, but I guess the overall point is, you know, there was definitely a lot of thought and some planning put into it, and money was awarded, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, you know, when you say cart before the horse, uh, you, you think that maybe there's a, a plan in action. Plus, I think that, you know, with the university and even the amount of applied sciences and stuff that we have, you're always going to need an airport around here. You know, if we want to have a talk about, you know, 50 years ago, should they have built some super regional somewhere between here and Ithaca and Elmira or something like that? That's a different topic altogether, but... um uh, there was some thought put into the money that's going into it, so I'm going to like wait and remain to see what happens uh, before I get a little bit critical on it. Uh, but yeah, there's some way bigger airport upgrade projects going on. Uh, it was part of a larger uh, operation from Albany altogether. So that's all. All right, good point. I appreciate it. It's 9:46 at WNBF. The Albany International Airport project is a 100 million dollar project. So Binghamton's is reported to be about forty-seven million. Albany is a hundred million, as uh, reported over the summer. The state was allocating two hundred thirty million dollars to modernize airport facilities across New York. It's according to a story by Kate Lisa, Spectrum News. Of course, we've been reporting on this as well. Um, Airports, several airports receive significant awards. Greater Binghamton Airport Project among them. And I look back at the history of airports around New York State and even specifically here. Uh, There's always been a certain degree of debate, occasional controversy regarding airports. As James pointed out, should they, in the 70s or even 60s, have worked to develop some sort of regional, truly regional airport that would serve 
the places like Binghamton, Elmira, and Ithaca and put the focus of a very, very good facility for this part of New York State into a single airport instead of having these airports that we currently have in the town of Maine, Greater Binghamton, and also Elmira and Ithaca. Eh, those decisions were made. And you could debate the decisions forever. And you can also debate what impact spending money right now on airport modernization, what impacts it really will have. But as happens with a lot of projects that ultimately move forward in Broome County, if state money, or in some cases federal money, is available, local governments work to get their share. It's understandable. And I know some people say, well, we shouldn't do that. Well, let's be crystal clear. In so many of these cases, the money is going to be spent. State and federal money will be allocated for certain types of programs. And if places like Binghamton and Broome County don't try to get their share of it, other communities will get it. I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but I'm saying Broome County and the city of Binghamton and other local municipalities ought to try to grab that money. I think that's the way the system works. I'm not saying it's a perfect system. system certainly could be revamped and I'm sure money spent more thoughtfully, but I don't see that happening any time in the next century. It's 9.50. Bob Joseph, on your side, a voice of reason in a sometimes unreasonable world. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. News Radio 55 at WNBF and WNBF.com. I'm your host, Bob Joseph. At the risk of reigniting a red-hot controversy, uh, we have received official information in the form of a photo confirming that the pedestrian walkway over Interstate 81 in the town of Dickinson is virtually gone. So, in case people were worried the project wasn't going well, it looks like it's going exactly as expected. 
So thank you to our correspondent for sending a photo showing that it's basically gone. All the steel is gone. All the paving that was part of the 55-year-old pedestrian bridge over Interstate 81 is gone. So there you go. I know. Well, you don't want to restart that controversy. (laughs) I don't consider the truth to be controversial, except I have found that sometimes when we discuss the truth here at the station, that, that creates its own set of problems because people have their apparent alternative facts. Here's the forecast. Speaking of the truth, and this is only a forecast, I certainly offer no guarantees of its accuracy. I just know that they're using state-of-the-art equipment with some of the best forecasters in the world, so this National Weather Service forecast is probably as good as it gets. Here we go. Partly sunny today, high 44. Cloudy tonight with a chance of rain, low 37. Partly sunny tomorrow, rain likely in the morning, some showers later in the day, high 59. Mostly cloudy Friday, high 51. Right now, it's 36. That's 2 Celsius. News Radio WNBF. There you go. There you go, folks. Another lovely forecast at 9.57. Oh, air quality today is good. Great. Lovely. Apparently, according to the uh, federal government's website, air quality index for Binghamton area is 29. So apparently they took care of all the particulates that were polluting the area yesterday as mentioned earlier in the program anybody is permitted to call I know yesterday we tried to keep uh, electioneering off the air because it didn't by by the time we got to election day it didn't seem really appropriate to be running uh, a lot of electioneering from callers so you know some people took Umbridge at that. Ooh. I have something to say about the campaign that hasn't been said yet. Well, <laughs> as they say, too little, too late. By the way, going forward, just for your planning purposes, whether it's for primary elections next year or the big elections in November 2024, we'll have the same basic guidelines. It's not really a rule. It's not written down anywhere. It's just a guideline that if you haven't said what needs to be said about a certain election or a certain issue before people are actually voting on it, well, that's on you. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Is the caller there? <laughs> the caller is not there. At any rate, um, we congratulate all the winners, and we also congratulate those who didn't win. Congratulations to everybody who ran. 
everybody for every office around here and, and elsewhere. As I've said before, it takes a fair amount of courage to run for anything at any level, a local office, a state office, federal office. So congratulations for at least being in the game and being willing to take it because if you're going to be a candidate for anything, you've got to be willing to hear the good and the bad. That's the way it works here. More calls coming up. Bob Joseph with you on a Wednesday morning on WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Increasing clouds today, high near 44. Tonight, cloudy, chance of rain, low around 37. Thursday, mostly cloudy, rain with a high near 59. Tuesday, Election Day results, all unofficial. New York State 6th Judicial District. It was Republican Cheryl Insigna over Deidre Hay. For Broome County District Attorney F. Paul Battisti, a Republican, defeated Matthew Ryan, a Democrat. For Binghamton City Court Judge, it was Democrat Deborah Gelson holding a slim lead over Republican Sophie Bergman. For the Town of Vestal Supervisor Maria Sexton, a Democrat, defeated Republican Theodore Wolf and conservative John Schaefer. Village of Endicott Mayor, Republican Nicholas Burlingame over Democrat Larry Coppola and Endicotter Linda Jackson. For the statewide ballot propositions, abstract of proposal number one, an amendment, removal of small city school districts from special constitution debt limit passed in Broome County and New York State as well. And the form of submission of proposal number two, an amendment extending sewage project debt exclusion from debt limit, voted yes in Broome County as well as New York State. A statement from Broome Republican Chairman Benji Fetterman on election results last night was quoted. It was a great night for Broome Republicans and a decisive victory. Paul Battisti will be our new Republican District Attorney. Republican Cheryl Insigna was elected to serve on the New York State Supreme Court 6th Judicial District. Republicans now have control, total control in the village of Endicott, electing new Republican Mayor Nick Burlingame alongside trustees Ted Warner and Tim Wright. The Republicans retained strongholds in Johnson City and Port Dickinson and re-elected Republican town justices and local officials across Broome County. On Tuesday, New York Governor Kathy Hochul announced that a project is now underway to transform the Greater Binghamton Airport into a modern state-of-the-art gateway. Of the $230 million upstate airport economic development and revitalization competition money earmarked for nine upstate New York airports, $32 million was awarded to the project to upgrade the Greater Binghamton Airport last September of 2022. Improvements planned include redevelopment of the airport road approach, construction of a new canopy and entry portals, reconfiguration of the ticketing lobby and outbound baggage area, renovation of the departures lobby and lounge, renovation of the baggage claim area and relocation of rental car counters, new parking revenue control systems, and construction of a new 6,400-square-foot customs and border protection facility. 
The total cost of the modernization project, which is expected to be completed by the winter of 2025, is $47.8 million. Governor Hochul notes that the project should create over 500 jobs. The main terminal has not been upgraded in Broome County for over two decades. Binghamton police were investigating a possible burglary at a downtown craft brewery that remains filled with equipment three years after it went out of business. Glass and two front door windows have been shattered at the former Galaxy Brewing Company building at 41 Court Street. Police officers were sent to the site just west of Washington Street on Tuesday afternoon. It was not immediately clear if someone had gained entry to the Galaxy Brewing site. While police were on the scene, an audible alarm could be heard. It was the same sound that's been emanating from the building for more than two years. WNBF News had reported on the beeping of the alarm in September of 2022, but no one took action to shut the system off. The Galaxy Brewing Company building and its beer-making equipment were listed for sale early this year. The asking price for the property and the production gear was $2 million. And salvage crews used a crane to remove nearly a dozen bells that had been a fixture in a tower at an Endicott church for more than a century. The bells at First United Methodist Church on McKinley Avenue recently were taken down one by one. Salvage crews were used a crane to remove nearly a dozen bells that had been a fixture in the tower at the Endicott Church. They were loaded onto a trailer, transported to an unknown destination. Those bells were donated to the church in 1920 by George F. Johnson's wife. The process was overseen by Church Services Group, a Luzerne County company that specializes in removing items of value from closed churches. The owner of the company said the bells, along with the beams and timbers associated with the chime system, were removed for reuse. He declined to say where they'll be used in the future because he had not received permission from the new owner. First United Methodist Church closed last February. The property at the corner of McKinley Avenue and Monroe Street had been listed for sale for $499,000. The site is under a contract, but representatives of United Methodists of Upper New York declined to identify the prospective buyer. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. I think it's time for you to call the program. Go ahead, do it. 607-772-1290. Go ahead, do it. Spinghamton now. Listener participation is invited. On this Wednesday morning, call in. Explain to me what's going on. Maybe I'll finally understand. Here at News Radio, WNBF. Go directly to the phones. Hi, what's your first name? Where are you calling from? Perfect tune to describe politics in our area. This is John <laughs> from Bingham. Thank you. Explain what just happened. You, you're a longtime political observer, so explain it to me. Well, 
Let me give you who I think the biggest losers are, and uh, uh, that's the Binghamton PBA, the police union, uh, who shouldn't be involved in politics at all, and they got their royal arse handed to them, uh, and so did their candidates. Uh, and I hope, I hope there's a lesson to be learned from this, that everybody wants to back the blue, but the blue should stop backing candidates. Hmm. All right. Well, that's a, that's an interesting observation. What do you think this, uh, everything is, I mean, taking into account what happened in Binghamton, Vestal, Endicott, and Broome County, generally speaking, is, is the county going to be headed in a better direction because of the results in, in Tuesday's elections? Um, it depends how many uh, others have to be flushed out first. Uh, let me congratulate Endicott. Endicott has had a smooth transition, uh, perhaps the smoothest transition into uh, several, uh, the mayor, the new mayor, and the several of the trustees. They've com- uh, they've had a smooth demographic shift uh, with still some uh, wisdom, tutelage, Ted Warner uh, and Pat Dorner. So they're in good shape. They didn't go for uh, this uh, youth quake nonsense, which has turned out on numerous occasions, including the city of Binghamton, to be a disaster when you uh, elect a, a whole uh, younger crowd to office. So they, they, they uh, you know, they, they're, they're one of the better uh, governments locally now uh, that I see. And, of course, I personally, since I've had uh, less than a stellar experience with uh, the El Duce of the Four Corners, uh, John Schaefer, I would like to congratulate the insurgents. There's a, there's some yet house cleaning yet to go before Vesto is cleaned up. But I think what you have there, if you use logic, uh, this will be the third thing, uh, if she's successful in Vestal, that Maria Sexton has been successful at. Successful as a New York City police officer, administrator, successful as a, uh, a school teacher, and hopefully she has the skills to be successful in Vestal. My concern in Vestal right now, knowing the people that I know there, is for some last-minute stunts to occur, uh, either uh, uh, enriching directly themselves or their cronies, because this is the place that for no apparent reason, because the contract was never displayed to the public, gave uh, uh, an aged police chief $250,000 in in, uh, a buyout uh, when he's working for far less than that currently. So uh, that's a cause of concern. the judicial, uh, you know, the interesting thing about the 6th Judicial District is it uh, shows the what I call the uh, Republican deficit in Ithaca. Uh, you know, you're talking about any garden variety Republican. If Tompkins' party is part of the mix, which the New York State Senate District is and the 6th Judicial District, you're talking about a... Uh, 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 of a deficit of ten to eleven thousand votes. That's that's substantial. Now in uh, 
in the other counties in the Sixth Judicial Court, Lind and uh, Shenango, uh, you know, it's it's uh, obviously either even keel or a, a little uh, a little advantage. But that that uh, and that's what brought us Matt McHugh for many years. That that uh, inclusion of Tompkins County into Broome and Tioga County politics uh, is disastrous for the Republicans. Uh, I wish I wish Paul Battisti all the luck in the world. Uh, the thing that's yet to be decided is whether Hochul uh, uh, signs this bill that is sitting on her desk. She has to do it before December 31st, which will move these uh, off-year elections, sheriff, uh, town town offices, and county clerk, things like that, district attorney, uh, to the on-year. How they do it is beyond me. Uh, in the district, the district attorneys, uh, uh, their salary is paid directly by the state, and uh, uh, they serve at the pleasure of the governor. So uh, the governor could dismiss all the uh, the district attorneys simultaneously uh, before a, a new election could be held. So what I'm getting that as far as our sheriff's race, county clerk's race, and these are the races that allow people to run for other offices and and uh, get them sort of out of the more contentious political loop. Uh, that's yet to be seen, but uh, uh, that will be interesting, Bob. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that we have uh, uh, clearly a, a vote of no confidence in Jared Cram. Uh, and I would suggest to Jared, that he do, uh, does what his, his father did at the end of his life. His father went up to serve on the Fenton Board of Trustees. It wasn't well publicized, but that's where he ended up. And I think Jared should move back to his hometown in Fenton because certainly the people aren't buying any longer. Uh, the demographic has changed. Uh, uh, and thing. Now, I've seen this on numerous occasions where a local Democrat party has taken victory and turned it into uh, uh, Crayola rather than Shinola, uh, <laughs> you know. So this is this is uh, this is a big problem. I I think now that no one, no one except somebody on an ego trip will run against Leah Webb because the six judicial vote uh, contest makes makes that uh, about as viable as running against Tom Libis. So, so that I think is out of the picture again, unless somebody wants to just run for the uh, the, the sheer masochistic uh, pleasure uh, of it. I I think that Lepardo can uh, uh, be primary, and so can Garner. Uh, they've both got excessive baggage. The cannabis queen uh, has baggage. She's cost people a ton of money, and uh, you know uh, Jason Garner as. Uh, Mayor David alluded, these are, these are, including himself, when he was talking about Matt Ryan, these are flawed candidates that have, have vulnerabilities that well, can certainly But as, be as Rich David said in that conversation last week, I, I think the, um, overall point that he made is everyone is flawed. Yeah. So, and, and, I, I mean, and, so I don't know exactly how, you know, the fact that each of us is flawed, I don't, I don't know in well, the end how how things will will uh, play out. Well, everybody has certain uh, proclivities, 
for for example, there's people that can't tell the truth if their life depended on it, and they won't tell the truth ever in their life. There's other people that have other uh, picadillos with uh, uh, lust and things like that. So, well, remember but, Jimmy Carter? Jimmy Carter yeah. caught flack for lusting. Uh, for women in his heart. Well, of course, that was in the 70s, so a lot has changed over the last four or five decades. Well, one of the fatal mistakes is uh, the mistake of projection, where you look at your own weaknesses and then you uh, project them onto other people. They they may or may not have it, uh, those problems. But here's, here's a solution, Bob. And, you know, uh, to my good friend uh, Benji Federman, who called you out of the blue for some strange reason yesterday... Uh, I can say this, Here's the, and, and this is where the Republicans were, were absolutely stupid not to use the power that they have. They spent all this time rejiggering uh, these uh, uh, district lines. The solution, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, the solu- Binghamton and the Broome County Legislature are the only uh, legislative bodies here that don't have at-large representation. Even a city as big as Syracuse has an at-large representative. So had they not been obsessed with these districts and the, the voting tallies, had they run it at-large, they might have been able to salvage something out of city council, and certainly they would have a good chance of retaining power on the Broome County Legislature. But there's no reason why the ta- all the towns, all the villages have at-large representation, and the city of Binghamton, which is a shrinking a place of 45,000 people uh, should have districts. I mean, uh, my friend, uh, my late friend Jack Sheehan said it all. He said he said one day to the council, you people think this is Los Angeles for crying out loud. My district this, my district that. So uh, that would be an improvement. That's something that certainly should be on the table. Uh, but I think, uh, I think the shocker, of course, was the person that I affectionately refer to as the grand dame of, uh, of, of, uh, and uh, the Gelson win. Now, uh, this was with, you know, and I, I like Matt, I, uh, but this was with the baggage of Matt Ryan as district attorney. Uh, she came through, and I think uh, it makes uh, one think of these Broome County Bar Association uh, ratings, this game that they play, and I was flabbergasted when I got a response from the head of the Bar Association indicated that they felt their role was to actively discourage candidates that they didn't think were qualified. Now, that was something uh, that I never dreamed of, that a star chamber, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that where uh, you know, people are supposed to be collegial, would try to think that, and that's why that's why so many of these judges, whether it be in surrogate court or whatever, uh, you, you know, uh, play this uh, game where uh, the major law firms spin out uh, these judges uh, as many as they can, uh, depending on the year. So Gelson cracked the code of the Star Chamber, and good for her, good for her. Uh, I think the Bergman campaign... And I think they I think I know who was doing it. They paid a lot of money. Of course, she made a salary with the appointed judgeship. But uh, that was a disastrous campaign, putting the the child front and center in saturation uh, news coverage, having her 
walking up, now think about this, walking up to the Broome County Courthouse in robes, like judges walk around Court Street with their robes on, and going into county court, which is not city court, which was never city court, uh, you, you know, this is, this, is a, this, this is the kind of stuff that if you're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to have someone run your campaign, you shouldn't pay that bill if there's any left, I'll tell you that. Stay tuned. Thank you, John from Binghamton with political analysis. We're open to others who may have their own analysis of the results. The 2023 elections are history. The dust is settling. And now we look forward to the business of governing America. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. This is your program. Feel free to use it. Call in. Discuss. WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Always available on the WNBF app. at WNBF. Back to the phones we go. Roger and Choconut, you're on the air. Uh, Good morning, Bob. Um, I've got a little off-topic subject here that I think I have not heard on the news at all. I work for a small uh, parts company. Well, nationwide, but not a huge one. And uh, we were purchased a couple of months ago by another company, and they did all the transfer stuff with the computers and the payroll and everything, and everything went fairly smoothly. And there's probably 25 to 50 of us guys all in this area that work for the company. But come Friday, last Friday, nobody got paid. No automatic deposits. And it's been six days now, and we still haven't got paid. And one of my friends who... um, did some serious digging into the Internet, found out that apparently these monies that go through the electronic world go through one uh, department of the Fed and that there were three huge banks, like Bank America was one of them, and there was two other really big banks that somehow got together with the Fed and they're withholding our money to cover some of their debt. And I was wondering if you had heard anything about this. A few days ago, I think I heard something about it and didn't think much about it because I don't think it affected me. Although now I better check just to be sure. Get it? I better check. Um, But while you were speaking, I looked this up, and indeed, according to uh, some news accounts, uh, customers at Bank of America, Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, U.S. Bank, 
and other banks encountered problems with delayed direct deposits, an issue apparently tied to a processing snag at a multi-bank clearinghouse network. It says, well, and this story is on a website called thinkadvisor.com. I don't know much about the website. I don't think I've heard about it, but the story looks accurate. Because CNN had a similar story. Uh, somebody at J.P. Morgan Chase said the issue is affecting multiple banks and bank customers because a payroll file or files haven't come through yet. A Wells Fargo spokesperson referred a question on the matter to the Clearinghouse, which is a company that operates payment networks that clear and settle more than $2 trillion daily. Spokesman for the Clearinghouse said that they have experienced a processing issue with a single ACH file. So the Clearinghouse is working with the financial institutions on the matter. By the way, I don't find that explanation acceptable. No. Um, But, yeah, so you're the first person, though, who has contacted me to, to mention that You've been affected by this, and based on these stories, and I'm looking now at the CNN story, which basically says um, something quite similar. Now, I don't see anything here that suggests that um, necessarily this was related to something the government did. Um, Let me see. Of course, if the government did it, then they probably would never admit it. You think? <laughs> here, oh, here, further down in the story, it says, neither the Federal Reserve nor the U.S. Treasury Department were immediately available to comment. Of course they weren't. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Well, um, I may look into that further. As I said, I had heard about this, I think, last Friday. I think that's when the stories were first posted, but I I don't think I heard anything since. It may have been uh, a mention on a radio newscast just in passing, and as I say, I hadn't really heard anything or didn't follow up because I didn't know if there was any local connection. I I, I think my, my guess w- probably was if this was bad, if it was an ongoing problem, we would probably have um, heard from some callers. Because let me look up something else. Because there was something somewhat like this. I think that happened several weeks ago. Hmm. Well, the guys that are affected at our place are working today. Well, right. I I get it. They they can ill afford not having having the money they were counting on. There was something, and I can't remember. It seems it was about two months ago, involved a delay with a credit union locally. And I won't mention their name because of HIPAA. let me just see when that was because this sounded this sounded somewhat similar. Do 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 do. Um, 
Anyway, I'm going to ask our listeners if they've been affected by this because I'm sure yeah. I'm sure you're not the only one, and it could be a lot of people may have decided to suffer in silence and figure, you know, if they called in to complain to uh, the talk show, it'd be meaningless, except it's informative. I, I will say, when people encounter some problems, I um, I encourage them to call in if they're willing to talk on the air, or if not... Uh, send an email. Some people just don't want to hear their concerns on on the radio. But yeah. you know, send a, cool. an email to me, Bob at WNBF dot com. Still trying to find the uh, specific thing from several weeks ago where there was a delay. I, d I don't think it was. I don't think it was too long. I think it was um, a few hours and. They got it fixed, but let's face it, if if you're used to having your direct deposit in your account by a certain time, which I've become used to, I, at first I didn't like the idea because I'm an old guy, but when they switched over to it, I, I finally finally came to the understanding, yeah, actually that's that's not such a bad idea. And, no, it, it, it and, works quite nice. Well, yeah, and it's... it's usually there nearly 100% of the time, but for those times when there's a snag, how can I put this delicately on the air? I am not amused. I am not amused when there's a snag. And, and fortunately, uh, I've never encountered uh, a delay of, of any real substance, but still, even if it if it's not there, say, like, if payday falls on a weekend or a holiday or whatever, it's usually posted the business day before, so you right. expect it. And and let's face it, some, for many, many people, they, they, they plan their life and their payments sometimes around, around uh, their direct deposit. So Absolutely. anyway, thank you for bringing it up. If uh, other listeners want to uh, chime in, I would I would love to hear others who may be experiencing the same thing. Maybe some other people have had it corrected. You're saying at, at last word, you still? No, this morning it still was not in there. And when was it supposed to be? Last Friday. Ugh. Well, I, I appreciate you yeah. looking that up. I, and, uh, and I appreciate your call. We'll see if other listeners have been dealing with the same thing. That would be great. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, sir. 1038 WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, good morning there, Bob. It's Dave from Vestal. Hey. How are you? Never better. Never better? Good. Let's talk. Hello? I'm listening. I'm all ears. Oh, hello, Bob. I didn't know. I didn't know that you were on. Hey, what? I was calling it the election, Bob. Um, the, the election. I'm, uh, you know, the, my two main concerns. They came through, and that makes me happy. Uh, I, I believe uh, Maria will be uh, 
or Marie, is that Marie Sexton? Yeah, she'll be a breath of fresh air over here, Bob. Um, Schaefer certainly wore his welcome out, and uh, nice to say goodbye to him. I, I think we give her a chance. I think she's going to do well. And then, of course, public safety, you know, is always a big concern of mine, and uh, I think more criminals will be kept off the street now with that win there. Well, I'll start starting January 1st, I'll be keeping an eye on because I'm expecting to see fewer shootings, fewer stabbings, fewer assaults, fewer robberies, fewer larcenies, fewer jaywalking cases, fewer drug overdoses, and a general, I mean, definitely I want to see less mayhem and more peace in Broome County. Well, wouldn't we all, Bob? But, but the DAs don't control what, what the criminals do. They they prosecute what they do, Bob. Yeah, but you made some sort of statement making it sound like suddenly happy days are here again. And my point is, don't count your chickens before you get your sandwich. No, I'm just saying your criminals go to jail again. Matter of fact, let's expand. Let's build a couple more. Anyway. Well, by the way, here here's a news flash, Dave. New York is not building any more prisons, not now and not for the foreseeable future. I, I would be shocked if New York State builds another prison in our lifetime. Well, that's nice. It's Nobody's going just the opposite. More. They're shutting down prisons. <laughs> look, look, you know, the question you should ask yourself, which prison will they shut down next? They're not going to build more. No, the question you should, we should ask ourselves is how many guns are we going to buy then? Hey, oh I yeah, that's the, that'll solve that'll solve things. Watch out, watch out, you people who buy lots of guns and, and think that um, buying more guns are the solution. If you're not careful, you're going to wind up finding what Attica looks like. Wouldn't that be? And because I'm serious, that I'm saying, be cautious. I'm not concerned about law-abiding citizens who have guns. I'm concerned about law-abiding citizens who have guns and then wind up doing something that they get prosecuted for, and then they're going to be making my license plate at Auburn. Very possible, Bob. Hey, hey if, I go... that again, don't don't shrug it off as as though it's something that couldn't happen. If somebody is breaking into your house and it turns out to be a 15-year-old girl breaking into your house and then you fatally shoot her. You could be in a world of trouble. You could. I, this is I New York State, by the way. I know. I know. You, you don't live in Florida. You don't live in Texas. So keep in mind, law-abiding citizens with guns, use your legal weapons extremely carefully because this is the Empire State. I agree. I agree. I have a national question for you and your listeners out there, Bob. Um, if the if the Supreme Court Never overturn uh, Roe Wade there and, and didn't send it back to the states. And if there wasn't a Donald Trump to constantly talk about and whine about, if you throw those two things out, Bob, that weren't around, I'd like people to tell me what the Democrat Party has to offer and to talk about things that are positive that they have to offer the people in this country. Throw those two things away. Can you tell me something? Tell me some. Name me something, Bob. I want someone to tell me anything good they have to offer the American people other than just complain about abortion and Trump. 
Sorry, the program ends at noon, so we're not going to be able to do that. The program, we only have a, another basically 75 minutes of the program, so it's just logistically, it's no point in starting that. Now, someday, if we ever have an eight-hour edition of the program, we might be able to at least scratch the surface of the great things that party claims to have done. You only need two or three seconds, Bob. Says you, Democrats would say otherwise. So, you know, they're they're entitled to call in, and if they want to talk about their perceived accomplishments, or if they just want to uh, continue to lob incessant criticism at their opponents, as some people tend to do, you know, the 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 incessant bickering and whining. I mean, you even use the word whining about the former guy. Um. You know, at, at some point, the whining really, really ought to stop. That's my personal opinion. The whining, no matter from what party, the whining should stop and the governing should begin. 1044 WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's Mike from Binghamton. Hey, Mike. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Um, <clears throat> I was listening earlier about the uh, the airport and, uh, you know, the proposed work that's going to be going on up there. And I, I just, I, I know they've put a lot of money into the airport recently, and they're going to be dumping a lot more of taxpayer dollars in there. I, I just don't understand how they can get a green light for an airport that, you know, has a couple flights going in and out of there. And I, I talked to Gardner about this 10 years ago, and he didn't even have an answer back then other than, you know, they were hopeful that things were going to change around. But in the 10 years since then, things really haven't changed, you know, much, so to speak. Um, I think a better solution to that would be to build a hub, a regional, a real regional airport. I don't know, you know, if you could uh, tap into one of the airports that are already built, Elmira, Syracuse, uh, Wilkes-Barre, but have a hub because I just, I don't think this area can support all these airports and just dumping money hand over fist into them. I, I don't think that's the answer. I, I I just feel strongly about that. And it's, I guess it's a critical call, but it's a call that needs to be made here. I mean, somebody's got to wake up and, and see what's going on and, and face reality. And I, I don't know if our political leaders uh, are are in tune with that. I mean, I know they got the corridor project going on up Airport Road that was back from the Fiala days. But these are, in my eyes, with the way times are, I don't think we should be going forward with this stuff. So just just my opinion. I don't know if any other listeners have any comments to that or whatever. And it's not that I'm against the airport. It's just common sense comes into play here at some point. Right. It's fair dollars. All right. So well, I, I just to, yeah, I appreciate your um, expressing your opinion. And I'll ask other uh, residents, Broome County residents in particular, but people live in surrounding counties because even if you don't live in Broome County, odds are the uh, the future of the Greater Binghamton Airport could have an effect on you. And so I'll I'll uh, throw it out there. I appreciate the uh, the topic, and at some point, 
I would expect in the not-too-distant future. I'll ask the County Aviation Commissioner to join us again in the studio, and we can talk the status of the airport, where things stand now, talk about the project that is underway, and will be moving forward aggressively over the next several months, and then even look at the future of air transportation on a longer term, which is difficult because so many things affect um, the aviation industry in the United States and globally. So making predictions can be difficult, but it's always an interesting discussion. So we'll work to um, have that as uh, a segment on a future program. 607-772-1290. That's how you can speak directly with the host and how you can express your thoughts about local or other issues. This is WNBF's Binghamton Now. WNBF at 10.52. Everybody complains about the weather and nobody does anything about it. It will always be that way. It's one consistent thing. Complaints about the weather and no one can do a darn thing about it. But (laughs) that's why people listen to the radio or watch TV. They need the forecast can't do anything about it, but you need it, don't you? Here's the forecast from the National Weather Service. Partly sunny today, high 44, cloudy tonight with a chance of rain, low 37. Partly sunny tomorrow with some rain and showers. It'll be breezy, high 59. Mostly cloudy Friday, high 51. Right now it's 38, that's 3 Celsius. News Radio, WNBF. Serving America with, um, believe it or not, four microphones and one telephone. Yep's. Yep's indeed. Oh, speaking of the weather, uh, this does not um, directly pertain to uh, Binghamton specifically. However, however, uh, will pertain to some people who are listening uh, to the east or northeast of here. So if you live to the east or northeast of um, the Binghamton area, might want to pay attention to this guidance because winter (laughs) winter is uh, upon us, sort of I mean, not meteorological winter doesn't start till December 1st and real calendar winter doesn't start until almost Christmas. Anyway, a winter weather advisory will be in effect for some areas, including Delaware County. A winter weather advisory will be in effect for some areas to the north and east of um, Binghamton from 9 o'clock, or no, from 7 o'clock tonight till 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. So, what does this mean for you, the home viewer? Well, um, What it means is if you're going to be doing traveling, 
maybe down Route 17 to the city, or if you're going up toward Albany or toward Utica or even Oneana, those areas are covered by the winter weather advisory. So what what are they saying specifically? Mixed precipitation. Total snow accumulations up to one-half inch and ice accumulations of up to one-tenth of an inch. And then there will be southeast winds gusting as high as 35 miles an hour tomorrow morning. Again, this is for Delaware, Otsego, and southern Oneida counties. Tonight into tomorrow morning. So there could be slippery road conditions tomorrow. The hazardous conditions could impact people who are trying to get someplace fast. Highest chance for a light glaze of ice will be across the higher terrain of the eastern portion of the counties. Ice will be mainly confined to colder, elevated surfaces, but could also impact bridges and overpasses. Sten 55, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now, your live local talk program. We'll be taking more calls and having some more interesting information in the hour ahead. I'll look forward to speaking with you on this Wednesday morning. It's 11 o'clock. This is WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Increasing clouds today, high near 44. Tonight, cloudy, chance of rain, low around 37. Thursday, mostly cloudy, rain with a high near 59. Tuesday, election day results, all unofficial. New York State 6th Judicial District. It was Republican Cheryl Insigna over Deidre Hay. For Broome County District Attorney F. Paul Battisti, a Republican, defeated Matthew Ryan, a Democrat. For Binghamton City Court Judge, it was Democrat Deborah Gelson holding a slim lead over Republican Sophie Bergman. For the Town of Vestal Supervisor Maria Sexton, a Democrat, defeated Republican Theodore Wolf and conservative John Schaefer. Village of Endicott Mayor, Republican Nicholas Burlingame over Democrat Larry Coppola and Endicotter Linda Jackson. For the statewide ballot propositions, abstract of proposal number one, an amendment, removal of small city school districts from special constitution debt limit passed in Broome County and New York State as well. And the form of submission of proposal number two, an amendment extending sewage project debt exclusion from debt limit, Voted yes in Broome County as well as New York State. The statement from Broome Republican Chairman Benji Fetterman on election results last night was quoted. It was a great night for Broome Republicans and a decisive victory. Paul Battisti will be our new Republican District Attorney. Republican Cheryl Insigna was elected to serve on the New York State Supreme Court 6th Judicial District. Republicans now have control, total control in the village of Endicott, electing new Republican Mayor Nick Burlingame alongside trustees Ted Warner and Tim Wright. The Republicans retained strongholds in Johnson City and Port Dickinson and re-elected Republican town justices and local officials across Broome County. 
On Tuesday, New York Governor Kathy Hochul announced that a project is now underway to transform the Greater Binghamton Airport into a modern state-of-the-art gateway. Of the $230 million upstate airport economic development and re- re- revitalization competition money earmarked for nine upstate New York airports, $32 million was awarded to the project to upgrade the Greater Binghamton Airport last September of 2022. Improvements planned include redevelopment of the airport road approach, construction of a new canopy and entry portals, reconfiguration of the ticketing lobby and outbound baggage area, renovation of the departures lobby and lounge, renovation of the baggage claim area and relocation of rental car counters, new parking revenue control systems, and construction of a new 6,400-square-foot customs and border protection facility. The total cost of the modernization project, which is expected to be completed by the winter of 2025, is $47.8 million dollars. Governor Hochul notes that the project should create over 500 jobs. The main terminal has not been upgraded in Broome County for over two decades. Binghamton police were investigating a possible burglary at a downtown craft brewery that remains filled with equipment three years after it went out of business. Glass in two front door windows have been shattered at the former Galaxy Brewing Company building at 41 Court Street. Police officers were sent to the site just west of Washington Street on Tuesday afternoon. It was not immediately clear if someone had gained entry to the Galaxy Brewing site. While police were on the scene, an audible alarm could be heard. It was the same sound that's been emanating from the building for more than two years. WNBF News had reported on the beeping of the alarm in September of 2022, but no one took action to shut the system off. The Galaxy Brewing Company building and its beer-making equipment were listed for sale early this year. The asking price for the property and the production gear was $2 million. And salvage crews used a crane to remove nearly a dozen bells that had been a fixture in a tower at an Endicott church for more than a century. The bells at First United Methodist Church on McKinley Avenue recently were taken down one by one. Salvage crews were used a crane to remove nearly a dozen bells that had been a fixture in the tower at the Endicott Church. They were loaded onto a trailer, transported to an unknown destination. Those bells were donated to the church in 1920 by George F. Johnson's wife. The process was overseen by Church Services Group, a Luzerne County company that specializes in removing items of value from closed churches. The owner of the company said the bells, along with the beams and timbers associated with the chime system, were removed for reuse. He declined to say where they'll be used in the future because he had not received permission from the new owner. First United Methodist Church closed last February. The property at the corner of McKinley Avenue and Monroe Street had been listed for sale for $499,000. The site is under a contract, but representatives of United Methodists of Upper New York declined to identify the prospective buyer. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. did I do with my cowbell? I told you, don't hide my cowbell. 
Bob Joseph live on WNBF. cowbell anyway good morning and we are glad that you're with us 607-772-1290 listeners are certainly welcome to participate you're all welcome to participate go right ahead we're here till noon every once in a while there's something that happens in binghamton that uh is an enduring mystery, and we covered that last year. It's over a year ago, and I thought, well, if I do this story within a matter of hours, this problem will be fixed. Well, it wasn't. So I did the story in September of last year. So for months and months and months, the alarm was sounding at a closed business. The Galaxy Brewing Company business uh, located conveniently near the Binghamton Now Tower. Now, fortunately, where the studio is, we're surrounded by a lot of glass, concrete, and steel. So... We couldn't hear the incessant beeping here at the studio, but people on Court Street were subjected to it. This is the heart of the Parlor City's business district. So you would think someone, I don't know who, the police, the fire department, uh, City Hall, the mayor, a former mayor, someone, somewhere, would call the person in charge of the beeping of that alarm system and say, hey, shut it off. Now, somebody told me it couldn't be shut off because it was the alarm company. And it's like, I don't care. I really don't care why it was going on for the last two years, but all right already, we get it. We get it. You didn't still have apparently a relationship with the alarm company that put in their wonderful alarm system with its wonderful proprietary software. So evidently, they said nothing could be done. Nope, can't do a thing. So the only thing, the only goal I had for all of 2022, when I posted that story on September 2nd last year, the only thing I was hoping to accomplish in the final four months of the year was for them, and when I say them, you know who I mean, them, anybody, The mayor, a former mayor, the police chief, the fire chief, the fire marshal, um, the downtown Binghamton Business Association, somewhere, someone, shut off the alarm. And so I thought, well, by the end of the year, they would shut it off. But no, instead, 
the alarm kept going on and on and on. And nobody would do a thing about it. And then yesterday, somebody comes along and smashes the windows of this closed business. And they probably figure, might as well smash the windows because they have an alarm that's been beeping now for over two years. So clearly, it must not be hooked up to any place. Or if it's hooked up to the police station or fire station or to the alarm company monitoring point, nobody's going to do a thing about it. So why wouldn't they start smashing windows? So listen to this. Uh, you know, I go over there as a concerned citizen. This is my neighborhood. This is Mr. Joseph's neighborhood. So I go over there, see if anybody needs help. Right. So the windows are smashed. There's a police officer inside with a flashlight looking to see if any beer lovers are inside. Maybe people making a new batch of IPAs or a stout or something for the holidays. But the alarm still going off. I mean, so this is the city. The city can't get a beeping alarm shut down in the heart of the business district. Now that, if if the city can't get that taken care of after whatever, it, it was, I would say, 25 or 26 months that was going on. Now, is it still active this morning? Probably. I hope not. You would think, you would think after more than two years, somebody, and again, I don't know who, who's in charge of alarms for the city of Binghamton? Public Safety Commissioner? I mean, come on. Well, no one cares. I know no one cares. They proved it. But the thing about having an alarm that's beeping in the heart of Court Street, you know, you want people to come to Court Street. We want people to come downtown Binghamton, shop and walk, see the sights. Point to the place where the radio studio is. Well... What kind of message do we send to our children, to future generations, that we allow an audible alarm to operate for well over two years and then sending the message to vandals or burglars everywhere, go right ahead, smash some windows, see what we care. Oh, well, again... We publicized the story. I figured if we did the story la- September of last year, we we could have had that alarm shut off by New Year's Eve. But no. Instead, they continued. Somebody said they thought maybe the, the people who smashed the windows were just getting sick and tired of hearing the alarm. I don't know. There are people who have apartments near there. There are people who operate businesses near there. Some of the finest businesses and the best apartments in Binghamton are located near there. And yet the mayor, the former mayor, the police, the fire department, Homeland Security, nobody did a thing about it. Now maybe, maybe because the windows were smashed, maybe that got someone's attention. I'll be sure to check on it. Maybe our long national nightmare has finally ended.
From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. Darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping, and the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound. Yes, sound of silence. Except for that beeping. The incessant beeping. Beep. Meep. Meep. (laughs) Oh, well, that's... I'm sure if Rod Serling were still around in Binghamton, he would come up with an episode... The incessant beeping. Submitted for your approval. Bob from Binghamton had a little talk show. And also reported the local news. But try as he might, he couldn't find anyone who would ever shut off the beeping. The beeping at first went on for minutes and hours. And then days and weeks and months in years, but the people who were in charge of Parlor City had no interest in turning off the beeping. It'd be a movie. The beeping. The beeping. What else is going on in the wonderful world? Well, there is bad news today. The giant pandas. The giant pandas are being kicked out of the country. I know you're saying, who did this? You know who did this. The giant pandas are leaving the National Zoo. Heading back to China. Ending an era that spanned half a century. They brought joy to generations of fans and left an enduring black and white imprint. On Washington, D.C. That's according to a story in the Washington Post. Mai Zhang, 25, a female. Tian Tian, 26, a male. And their intelligent son, Zhang Kiji, 3, were loaded into three large shipping containers this morning and sent on trucks to Dulles International to embark on a 19-hour, 9,000-mile journey on a FedEx cargo jet to China. As the sun rose over the capital region, the zoo bustled with preparations. Staffers loaded stacks of bamboo into a large FedEx truck to keep the pandas happily munching on their way to the airport. A growing media scrum formed to chronicle their historic departure. 
and a podium was set up for speeches from zoo officials and Chinese government dignitaries to mark the occasion. Have you ever seen the pandas? Have you seen? Have you ever seen the National Zoo pandas? I have, and they're, uh, I, I always thought they were cute. The other thing, in addition to their trademark cuteness, was just how voracious their appetites have been. I don't know who had to foot the bill for all that bamboo. I guess the National Zoo had to pay the money to keep the pandas happy. But that's all they seem to do is they had two things, two jobs during the time at the National Zoo. The cute pandas from China first had to be cute, which they didn't have to work very hard at. Oh, and then they had to eat all of the available bamboo. Every once in a while, I worried, especially the last three years when supply chain issues became more prevalent during COVID. My concern was if this country can't even provide enough toilet paper for its citizens, how can we possibly have enough bamboo for the pandas at National Zoo? Well, apparently... Apparently, they were able to find enough bamboo. According to the Washington Post story, the staff has been preparing for the departure of the cute pandas for months. Two keepers and one veterinarian are also making the trip, along with about 220 pounds of bamboo for panda snacks. Hmm... I should call my friends over at the uh, snack plant in Kirkwood to see if they could start making panda snacks. It'd be a new offshoot of Sun Chips. Sun Chip panda snacks for all your panda needs. Of course, then they'd hire a hundred or a thousand new employees and there'd be inevitably pandemonium breaking out at the snack food plant and before you know it they'd have to shut it down because things just got out of hand too much salt on those panda snacks morning WNBF you're on the air what's your first name where are you calling from was that uh, pun intended pandemonium at the panda snacks (laughs) (laughs) by the way on the radio on the radio at least on this program there are no accidents right Well, I wanted to call and say congratulations to everybody who ran in the elections. And if you had fun, you won. So, thank you. Well, I had fun. I had fun. So, I guess I'm a winner. I voted. Parties last night? No. Oh yeah? No. I don't go to. I don't go to. I don't go to political parties. I'm just saying, I had all the fun I needed yesterday by voting. They gave me a little sticker. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah, okay. I thought I I go to all this trouble and rearrange my whole schedule to get to the voting place and have to wait in line with all these other voters, and then they hand me a 
little sticker that says I voted today. So that that was the best they could do. But First, a, am I whining about it? No, I'm not whining. I know you're not. You know, I, they could have hey, Bob, they could have given me a chocolate chip cookie, but instead I got a I sticker. I know. They used to have candy years ago. But you know what? I forgot my sticker, and then I, I, I walked out, and I realized that I forgot it, and I went back and got one. They don't, they don't offer them to you. But I, I put mine on my mirror. But the reason I called was because why have you not contacted Mike and Seth Weissel, the owners of that Galaxy Pub? You know, I went in there one time, and there were hardly any other any people in there, and I thought to myself, oh, this doesn't look like it's going to last. This place is huge, and you know, there's eight, eight maybe eight people. And I just, I wondered, are, you know, are they going to close? And then they said, well, you know, we're expanding. So I go on their Facebook page, and there's nothing on their Facebook page, maybe from 2026 or 2016 or 2020. So you being the investigative reporter journalist that you are, and knowing how much Binghamton counts on you and appreciates you, we elect you, Bob Joseph, to go and find Mike, and Seth Weissel and do an interview with him. How'd that sound? Well, if they return my calls. <laughs> I mean, why? Did you try? At, at this point, no, I didn't try yesterday. At this point in time, I've. You know, there are three people to do a, <clears throat> the appropriate story about Galaxy Brewing Company. There are three people I need to talk to. You mentioned two of them, and I've talked, yeah. I've spoken with them. Seth was on the program, um, I think, two or three times. He was here in the studio talking about the big expansion plans over over uh, for Clinton Street at the old Titchener building. He was excited about oh, it. They were going to move there. Yeah, they were going to – that would have been a perfect place because they would have room for their production facility and storage. They also would have room – for um, a tasting area. I don't think they were going to have a restaurant. I think it was just going to be a tasting area. They, I think, were going to have room for the arcade games that they had put in at Court Street at one point. And the plan didn't go forward. It's complicated. By the way, I know... Yes. I know a lot, so there are three people. Two of them, I need to talk with the father and son. But the other person who hasn't lately been returning my calls is Isaac Anzarut. So that's, those are the three people. If I, if I were go going to do a story, and I'd love to do a story, I'd love to get all three of them right here in the studio and talk about the Galaxy Brewing Company story. Hmm. So when I get all three of them to agree to come into the program tomorrow morning at 10.10, then we'll find out the answers. Okay, well, just tell them don't get drunk and wrestle at the speedy class because I went to the wrestling matches and it uh, wasn't very, uh, you what, know. What, they had a wrestling match at, at the speedy fest? You didn't know that? Excite from... Uh, Oh, oh, our buddy. Oh, I didn't. Okay. Well, I didn't. I haven't talked to him late, lately. There's another person I need to contact because he, he used to have a wrestling show here down at Town Square Media. And, in fact, sometimes he used to come in because he also has another job that sometimes he would come in talking about his day job. Um, and we had him talking about his 
his wrestling enterprise too. But yeah, I didn't I didn't know that they did that up at the Speedy Fest. Yes, and it was very hot. And uh, can you can you tell me? I mean, you've lived in Binghamton for a few years now, so can you explain to me why nobody would turn off the alarm? At the I would at the place. I well, mean, is it is it really is it really that difficult to turn off an alarm after more than two years? I mean, list. I mean, am I wrong? I would. Uh, am I wrong for thinking no. that that they're that the city if the city can't get a business alarm turned off after twenty six months, maybe there's something wrong with the way the city is operating. You know, right. listen to that. Well. Why yeah. Why do I have to put up with that noise in my neighborhood? Bob, let me tell you this. I don't know. It's hurting my ears. So who do I call? <laughs> is, it, is there a city alarm department? Who Who is in charge? Let me tell you this in answer to your question, okay? We know, and I've preached this for years, ever since I went into ministry, the love of most has waxed cold. The love of most has waxed cold. It's, it, it, you know, it's not like it used to be where you fall down and you say, oh, and a whole bunch of people gather and they help you. People walk by things and they just don't care. I know, and that was my point. That's why I reported out the story in September of last year. I thought it's not in anyone's best interest to have an audible alarm going because by then it was going for nearly a year. So I thought, well, certainly, if we put this on WNBF.com, the person at City Hall in charge of audible alarms will come by and shut the thing off. And they didn't. And they didn't. And so here we are. The alarm was going off for more than two years. And then somebody decides to smash the windows in the place. Okay, and, and so, so, so and, the, and the police are, I showed up yesterday and they said, oh, are you the guy who's in charge here? It's like, no, I'm a reporter. I'm not the guy in charge here. I'm the guy who reported over a year ago that the audible alarm kept going off. And I told the police officer, I said, and nobody, nobody did a thing. And he looked bemused. He was like, yeah, obviously he's on duty, so he couldn't say what he really was thinking. But I I could read his mind. (laughs) You know me. I'm a mind reader. And I was able to read his mind. And and what what I deduced from reading his mind is, yeah, this is Binghamton. And you know as well as I know that getting... An audible alarm shut off on Court Street in downtown Binghamton ain't going to happen, bro. That's what he was well, thinking. So, so let me say this: What about did you contact someone from the city council? No, who's I'm. The, it's the, not my job. I did my job by reporting you. the story. I, I well, think I contacted. I, I put calls in, as you said. And this goes back mm-hmm. to September of last year to Seth and his dad and also to Isaac Anzaru. You know, all I want, I don't, hey, all I want is for peace and tranquility. That's what I'm about. I'm about making Binghamton the best it can be. And it occurred to me with this alarm, and by the way, I spoke with a former mayor who lives nearby, and he claimed he couldn't hear it. We're standing in front of the place. I can hear it. I said, 
former mayor. No. I'm not, I'm not going to mention his name because of HIPAA. Uh, and, you know, I'm hearing the alarm. We're standing about six feet from the, the front door the, where the windows got smashed yesterday. And the former mayor looked me in the eye and said, I don't hear anything. And obviously, you I'm know, not going to mention his name. he got to right. protect his privacy. But, but right. just simple. because he couldn't hear it doesn't mean it wasn't there. I mean, that's why I recorded it and put it on Twitter. So Elon Musk, I think that's why Elon Musk bought Twitter, because of that, that one wow. video. Wow. But let me, let me, you, just, you just reminded me of something. I go by there all the time. And I don't. I've never heard it either. Well, I can't. That I think of hey, it and I, you know, I, I write well, by then, there. I walk then by maybe, there. maybe there are people. He probably really didn't. Well, that's okay. I, I, no, I don't doubt it. No, I know he wasn't joking with me. He really couldn't hear it. Right. But I'm just saying, I heard it. So if I heard it, somebody uh, because I talked to people going past there for that story in September of last year, and they told me that that they had heard it for weeks and they they were getting sick of it too so some people could hear it and some people couldn't and that's fine but what about for the people like me i thought it was part of some sort of campaign to force me out of the neighborhood you know how they they set up noise things to you know i think the what is it the uh, cia or the irs or the fcc they set up these things to annoy people with sound so they leave so i thought it was some somebody at the city trying to get get me to move my show to Vestal. Well, it didn't work, did it? No, and it's not going to. It'll, no. We are here for the duration. <laughs> It'll never work. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> or, for English teachers, I am not going anywhere. This is Bob Joseph, still in downtown Binghamton. That's why it's called Binghamton Now. Joseph, on your side, our on your side unit will be an end well this afternoon because we are on your side. We get action. Back to the phones we go. It is Vinny from Binghamton. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Bob. Hey, you know, I wanted to talk about Joe Biden here uh, last night after all these returns came in. Not, not so much for our area talk about that later but uh i wanted to talk about national you know the uh i was reading these articles i think one was the Newsweek, where uh they said it was a bad night for some of these uh polls and 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 all these uh what these people are talking about joe biden and things are, are were divided and all this other kind of stuff after we had these major victories in kentucky pennsylvania and virginia and he wrote on his, uh, from the White House, he talked about across the country tonight, democracy won and mega lost. Voters vote, polls don't. 
Now let's go win next year. Where was that? Where did he put that? He put that on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Twitter. Yeah, X, yeah, whatever that thing is. Oh, don't call it that. (laughs) Twitter. To all right-thinking Americans, it's Twitter. To that billionaire who lost his shirt when he acquired it, he can call it whatever he wants. I mean, he's a billionaire, and as we know... Billionaires basically do what what they must, as they should. I mean, that's why they're billionaires. You know, for the rest of us, we'll call it Twitter and we'll just watch it gradually implode. Uh huh. And and and, and what I wanted to add was, you know, this is one of those. I just I don't know why I strongly believe in this, but I remember seeing this when Bill Clinton was running and James Carville, that attack dog. I just think you need that more now than ever because this media. It, 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 they they want to create controversy, especially with this. Well, sure, thing. we we have to. Now, we no, have to. We if if we don't create controversy, what what point is there? Nobody is going to pay attention. Nobody will listen. Nobody will watch. Nobody will click unless there's controversy. Well, exactly. So what happens? You've got to have somebody that'll steer straighten the car. Let me give you an example. Let's talk about Joe Biden's age. He's saying right now that David Axelrod out there who worked with Obama and a, um, a couple others are talking about Joe Biden's age. You know, maybe it's too late to change the, the, the horse. But It's not know, too late. Like it's never too late. Well, here's my point. It's it's too late Joe when Biden's we say age. it's too late. They could, they could change candidates and the Republicans can change candidates anytime they want. It's never too late. Well, that's my point. Donald Trump is 77. He's only three years younger than Joe Biden. But look oh, look at his behavior. There's the difference. His behavior yeah. is so different from President Biden's. And so there's the difference. That's why the American people support him. They like his behavior. Well, that's that's what I'm Well, that's my point. And that's what should be pointed out. Get on this face the nation and meet the press. I said, you guys never ask about his age, even though I ask younger. Ronald Reagan, when he left office, he was Donald Trump's age. And guess what? Those people don't mind it. And guess what? Democrats, we got Joe Biden. You guys are just trying to create this kind of controversy. Now, if you want somebody to beat Joe Biden, run. He can run just like Joe Biden did. Get out there and, 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 and hit that pavement just like he did to get where he is. Because like he said, let's finish the job. He ain't going nowhere. My president, I don't care if he's 180. He ain't going anywhere. When he wants to leave, that's up to him. Well, I mean, let's face it. He can only stay for X number of years. I mean, unless he's like Michael Bloomberg. Remember, Bloomberg, because he was a billionaire, decided that term limits didn't apply to him. But in the end, Bloomberg learned the hard way that the term limit law was actually in place in New York City for a good reason. Because you can accomplish quite a bit in two four-year terms, but after that, that's when trouble starts. And Bloomberg, I think to this day, rues the decision to, to ever buy himself an illegal third term in New York City. He learned a, a bitter and an expensive lesson. You don't want to stick around for too long. Yeah, yeah, true, but but that's absolutely true. But uh, again, going after these polls and all these people. Oh, I know. You, guys, you don't need you to tell me about polls, Vinny. Yeah, oh, you, you know, know my feeling yep. about the polls, but I also understood what was going on last weekend 
uh, led, of course, by the world's greatest newspaper, the New York Times, and then gleefully followed by everyone else, the New York Post, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, and all the networks. I know what's going on. It's crystal clear. Everybody knows what's going on, and nobody's surprised. But, you know, Joe Biden, ultimately, and look, some people think, oh, you love Joe Biden. No, he's the president. It's not a question, do you love a particular person who's been legitimately elected to office, receiving more than 7 million votes than the Brand X, who's currently on trial in Manhattan. No, you have to... You, a, is is he the best president in the history of the world? No, not, not in my opinion, but should Americans support him? Well, I think so. Yeah, the, the non-stop whining every time gas prices go up a penny. I mean, come on, man. He doesn't control the gas prices. Just like he doesn't control the price of Big Mac. If you go to Big Mac, there's another case in point. People complain about gas prices going up every so often. Take a look at the price of Big Mac. Now, if people are supposed to complain about prices, but believe it or not, the President of the United States doesn't control the price of fast food menus either. Supply and demand is how it works. This is Bob Joseph working for you Monday through Friday on News Radio WNBF. Um. Seven fifty-two. Bob Joseph going back to the phones. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Joseph, bingo. Gee, got in the last minute, huh? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Timing is everything. What's on your mind? Well, I th- <clears throat> excuse me. I think Biden does control the price of, uh, of well, price of oil anyway. He could. Apparently, when U.S. was independent, energy independent, also, pumping enough oil makes you a player in the game and therefore makes you one of the people who controls the price of a barrel of oil. And therefore, it's true, Biden could be, I guess, except that he shut everything off and made us dependent. He could be controlling the price of oil and therefore gasoline. Well, the good news is the United States is number one. In global oil production by a long shot. So we but are number enough, one. Apparently. We are number one. We, we have more. One, we huh? are producing far more oil in this country than Saudi Arabia. We are producing far more oil in the USA today than Russia or Canada. So never, never think for a moment that the United States isn't the world's number one oil producer. So take that, Biden bashers. We're number one. Well, apparently it's not enough. They've got well, it's never enough. You know what, Joan? You know why it's not enough? Why? Because people won't conserve. Because people are driving these big monster trucks 
that don't get i mean if if everybody in america was driving a, a, a smaller vehicle and getting 30 40 miles per gallon prices of oil and therefore gasoline would drop because the demand for petrol would drop but instead we're americans we like our big trucks and our suvs and the car companies like to sell them because that's where the profit is they they might make 20 or 30 thousand dollars per unit on one of these beautiful pickup trucks that's where the profit is that's why ford doesn't make passenger cars anymore there's no real profit incentive in in selling smaller um, cars with with a, a higher uh, miles per gallon rating so sometimes believe it or not joan we're our own worst enemy we won't conserve if we would conserve some the price of gasoline i'm not saying it would go down a lot it would go down i think a little bit it would stabilize well, go down to where it was with Trump, you know, two dollars and something. Yeah. Well, dream on. <clears throat> if if dream you th- on, but, well, well, you I'm, better. Let's put it this way, Joan. Yeah. And I remember. And the economy remember, was when, bigger then. When we Barack Obama, we when Barack Hussein Obama was president, the price of gas dropped to a dollar eighty-five a gallon. And you know what? That was not a good thing because we were in the middle of a recession. So, right. so the bottom line. The bottom line is if the price of gas ever dips to $2 a gallon again in the United States, that means we're experiencing an incredible recession. And you don't want to see that. Thank you, by the way, for your call. You don't want to see that. You don't want to see our friends and neighbors lose jobs. You don't want to see more people lose their homes. We need to have a vibrant economy, even if it means paying $20 for your Big Mac. Yes, the price of everything goes up. That's the story of the world. The price of everything ultimately always increases. That's our program for today. I'm Bob Joseph. On your side, a news radio. WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.